What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Cash It. I'm Howard Bender. I got me Adam Ronis here. What's going on, Adam? Uh, a lot of shit going on here, right? We got NBA Finals. Uh, I mean, you and I are recording on Wednesday, so the series is 1-1 right now. Uh, NHL Stanley Cup. We got the the uh, the Golden Knights up to nothing. Uh, and and baseball is just, I mean, you want to talk about getting crazy. Ellie De La Cruz is up. Jacob DeGrom's got Tommy John. This is like, I mean, we'll just hit like all the stories kind of in that order, I guess. But um, how how's it all affected you? How you doing, brother? No, I'm good. Yeah, definitely a busy time. A lot going on. It's always fun in the sports world when uh, you have something going on every single day, which it usually is most of the time. So, yeah, it's a fun time right now. And you know, kind of glad to see Miami win game two. So at least we have a series right now. Had they uh-huh. lost, you know, everyone would be like, oh, you know, is Miami going to be able to stay in this series? So um, I think everyone believes Denver's a better team, but Miami has done this all postseason. You know, they just find a way and they found a way to survive game two. You know, if Jamal Murray hits that three at the end of regulation, it goes to overtime. My guess is Denver probably wins, but Miami just finds a way to get it done, man. They're just a tough, mentally tough team. They're not going to go away. They had another comeback from double digits. So, um, you know, my prediction before the series was Denver in six. A lot of people were saying four or five. I didn't see it. I have to give Miami some credit. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, they're getting – they made some adjustments in game two. You know, Kevin Love hadn't played for three games. They put him in the starting lineup. You know, he gave them enough contributions to, to help. Uh, Max Struess uh, couldn't hit a shot in game one, bounces back in game two and nails uh, four threes, uh, gave Vincent another good game. Bam was solid. You know, Butler is not scoring. Um, I, I still don't think he's 100 percent, but, you know, he was a playmaker at nine assists, scored 21. Uh, so Duncan Robinson, you know, they didn't play big minutes, but gave him 10 points off the bench. And I think he had. You know, most of his points in the fourth quarter. So a uh, really good job by Miami. And once again, 48.6% from three-point range hit 17 threes. And that's something that they've been doing a lot here in the postseason. And uh, for Denver, I mean, Michael Porter was just atrocious. And yes, I wasn't on his prop. Then he burned me. Uh, he's had two bad games I was just going to find out from you, like, which props you've been hitting and which ones have been uh... – you know, kind of a, a struggle here and just, I mean, it's only two games, but still um, you got to see some, uh, some results here for what you're looking at. Yeah. I had Michael Porter, um, I think in each of the first two games and uh, game two, he was atrocious. He actually saw less minutes, only played 26. You know, he was battling the defensive side, battling the offensive side. He shot three for 17 from three point range here in the first two games. Uh, they need him to play better. Um, they also, Jamal Murray has, you know, didn't put up as many points, you know, Jimmy Butler was on him quite a bit. He did have 10 assists. Um, so yeah, Jokic had his 41, but he really didn't get much help. So, and, uh, Mike Malone was ripping, nah, not ripping, but criticizing his team after, you know, saying, you know, you can't have that in NBA finals. So I expect them to bounce back and play a lot better in game three. Um, but yeah, I mean, at least we have a series now and should be fun. Um, I, I'm sure you're not off your your original pick of the Nuggets in this series. Um, I think you said you thought it was going to go like six games. I believe is is what it was. Uh, at what point do you uh, do you even think about hedging? Uh, uh, you know the 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 overall bet on the series um, with Miami sitting at plus two twenty five right now, Denver minus two seventy five to win uh, the rest of the way. Um, do you give Miami, having seen game two, do you give them uh, a little bit more of a chance to make it closer than you thought it would be? Uh, no, nah, I thought it was B6. So, I mean, do they have a shot? Yes. I mean, they've been doing it all postseason. They're a mentally tough team. They have a great coach. But uh, I just think Denver is the the better team. They just did not have a good performance at all in game two. I mean, it was – it was pretty bad. Um, you know, even Catavius Caldwell Pope, who has played well here most of the postseason, you know, only took four shots. So they're going to need uh, Porter to really step it up. Uh, he's been a key contributor for them. He struggled here the first two games. Uh, and Jamal Murray obviously has to become a guy that, uh, you know, 
and they can't win when he scored 18. Even when Jokic putting up 41, we saw Murray in game one at 26 and uh, he had a great series against the Lakers. He's certainly capable of it. So, uh, you know, Miami made their adjustments in game two and it worked just enough. Um, but I expect Denver to, uh, to play better here in game three and respond, even if they lose game three, you know, I still think that uh, they'll win in six. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Now, you know, for the, uh, for the, the off the out of, out of left field kind of thing here, Adam, I know that you're, uh, you're, you're very much in tune with the, uh, this supposed Taylor Swift curse, uh, in the NBA. And I'm kind of wondering, uh, does this give Miami a little bit more of a chance? Uh, have you heard of this curse? What is the curse? Oh, well, here you go. Uh, every NBA playoff team that is on the eras tour, which is what she's on right now has lost. Um, you know, she started the tour in Phoenix. Uh, everybody thought Phoenix was going to be, you know, a, a, a big time team, uh, you know, come the, you know, the playoffs. No, no, I didn't. All right. Well, I'm not saying, well, all right. So we're after the trade deadline and they picked up Durant, were they not the favorites to win? For a little bit, but they were not going in to the playoffs. Where were they going in? Well, they, they were dealing with injuries going go, going in, weren't they? No. No? All right. They were just healthy and just not gelling. I mean, Chris Paul got hurt in the playoffs. Okay. Yeah, I do remember that. I do remember that. All they right. Were, well, they were favored to beat Denver, which was stupid. Okay. So here we go. So uh, Phoenix, her first stop on the tour Every other city that uh, that has been in the uh, in these NBA playoffs has lost. Now she's got a July fifteenth date with uh, in Denver. Um, she has July shows in uh, in in the San Francisco area for Golden State. She has uh, live shows uh, scheduled for obviously uh, Los Angeles. So every team, yeah, but she has the only wait, city. Wait, wait. The, she has the only thought- city not on her tour is Miami. Okay, but she didn't go to Denver yet. So how is this? What if it gets canceled? Oh, well, I mean, what if it gets canceled? So that's that's you're 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 out on that prop that that uh that potential curse. Yeah. Uh, immediately because these these shows have not been played and you think they could get canceled. Yeah, exactly. So okay. I I can't buy this. And, and why is <laughs> why is there no show in Miami? What happened? I thought Miami would be a prime tour. You would think, right? Apparently, she played Tampa Bay. That is interesting. Okay. So is this why the Mets and Yankees suck? Because she did uh, Jersey, MetLife? No, no, no. This is strictly an NBA thing. Oh. Adam, come on, man. It's, it was on ESPN.com. Dude. I don't, come on, so you know it's important to be read. Yeah, oh, but if it's ESPN wrote it, then it has to be <laughs> legit. Uh, Taylor Swift has been so blended into my life. It, it never in a million years would have been, but if, it's not, if, it, if it hadn't been for... Uh, Shannon Blunt, our producer over at, at Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio, uh, and Aaron Rodgers. Now, there's just too much Taylor Swift going on in my life. So, you know, when I see that NBA, uh, you know, Taylor Swift curse, maybe you got to pay attention to that. Um, I'll pass on that, but we'll see. We'll we'll revisit this <laughs> if uh, Miami wins, right? And then you'll be like, oh, see, that's why. I told Adam, I told you to bet Miami right then and there. I told you about the curse. You knew it. (laughs) We'll see what happens in tonight's game. Adam and I will be uh, obviously uh, paying attention uh, over there. Uh, Let's switch it up to the Stanley Cup finals. This is is getting ugly. It's getting out of hand. Um, I bet the Vegas Golden Knights going into the series because – I was worried. I, you know, it was so funny. I was worried about Bobrovsky and the the ten day layoff that he was going to have going in. And you know, literally every NHL person I spoke to, and I've spoken to a bunch of them, every NHL person was like, "No, no, no, no. The the layoff is going to be great. You know, you you see that the team is rested and they're healthy and this and that." And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm not really so much worried about the forwards. I'm not worried about the defensemen. Yes, get healthy." Uh, you know, get more energy. I'm, I'm totally into that. It's how hot Bobrovsky was because, you know, listen, I'd say he's probably a, a better than average goalie at best is probably the description. Um, but he's not what, you know, he he once was, you know, years ago. Um, and so here we are looking at, at him, the momentum. 
And then what happens? You know, 10 day layoff like that for for to me, for a net minder, that's a problem. You want to keep playing. You want to keep getting peppered with shots. You want to keep hustling in a game. And that's that. That's the flow. To me, the 10 day layoff was brutal. Now, game one, they he gave up four goals. Uh, one was an empty netter, but I mean, come on, like seven to two in game two. Um, like to me, this is going to be a very difficult thing for Florida to come back from. I think they had all of that momentum, the big underdog story. And, you know, I'm not saying the Golden Knights are the be all end all of hockey, but clearly this is this the momentum is on their side. Uh, and and that's kind of where I'm at. But I'll say this: no matter what side you're on, betting wise, the, you know it's it's been a, a fantastic Stanley Cup playoffs. But these finals are about to let us down. Yeah, you need Florida to win Game Three here, man. I mean, I shut it off in Game Two. It was, just, and you know, you don't want that. So they need Florida to win Game Three, obviously, to keep some interest, and for, and they kind of need a a win where they outplay Vegas, you know, they can't win two one in overtime. They get out shot. So if you want some interest in this series, you need Florida to have a, a pretty not dominant, but a convincing win in game three. Yeah. I, and I, you know, the funny thing is, I don't know if they get that. I think if they do eke out a win here in game three, I think it's one of those like double overtime games where they like, you know, they need that magic, you know, Kachuk in the, you know, right in front of the net. And it just kind of, you know, and and whatever. And then everybody's like, yeah, okay, here comes the Florida Panthers. Here's the momentum. And it makes it exciting for game four, at least until Vegas slams the door on them, then beats them five to one. Like, yeah, I, I, I'm i so, I'm, I'm kind of bummed out. You know me, man. I'm like getting, you know, each year more and more back into hockey. I've missed it so much. So much. I was such a crazy diehard fan back in the day. I used to go to as many games as I could possibly go to. Um, and then, you know, it kind of lost steam and, and you know, a lot of things in now. Uh, and in, in, in this is like early 90s, early to mid 90s is what the, the era I'm talking about here. Yeah, we won the cup in 94, but oh, 97, 98, 99, those years were just absolutely disgusting. Uh, and and I left hockey. I'm so desperate to get it back right now. And I think that, yeah, these are this is going to be the stinkiest Stanley Cup uh, in a very long time. I would not. I mean, I, I I'll say Vegas in five, but I would not be surprised to see Vegas sweep them. No, I wouldn't either. Based on what we've seen in the first two games, you know, we see this sometimes that team has that miraculous run and then. It comes to a crashing in, and that's what that was kind of the fear with the Miami Heat, but they won game two, and at least, again, we have a series now. It's very interesting where we cannot say the same for the Stanley Cup Finals right now. No. Uh, and, and a little on the depressing side, I don't know what hockey – like, what the hell does hockey need to do to kind of get into the, into the foreground some more? I don't really – you know, it's not like we haven't had like our share of these superstar players. I mean, I, you know, from from Gretzky to Lemieux to, you know, Sidney Crosby and Yarmir Yager and, you know, Connor McDavid, like we're, we're we're flush with superstars. I just don't understand how hockey doesn't pick up more steam. I, I don't understand uh, our our lack of fire for it here is it just because we're just a bunch of knuckleheads in america who just want their football i think that's part of it i guess there's so much going i don't know i don't know why hockey just can't get the ratings i guess it doesn't help with the two markets here you know florida and vegas i mean really uh, i think that doesn't help so um I mean, we've had a lot of overtime games here in the playoffs, which is good. Overtime hockey, I always say, if you don't really watch hockey much, watch a playoff game and specifically overtime hockey. I don't see how you can't get excited about it. But, yeah, I guess there's just people who are, you know, like you said, into football, even though football's not going on now or they're into baseball or the NBA finals and, you know, they, they watch shows and movies that it's just they don't have the bandwidth to watch everything, you know. So I think that's part of it. I think I might have to do like a, an entire special where I just go around interviewing people and ask them why they don't love hockey. Like, I, I mean, really, it's just it, it's, you know, 
uh, you know, what, you know, I'll, I'll be like, what's your favorite sport? And they'll tell me and I'll be like, OK, great. Why don't you like hockey? You know, to like the football people and see what they have to say. And really, I don't understand. And, and I need to, you know, I'm not working for the NHL here. I'm not marketing for them or anything like that. To me, it's just it's such a it's such a great game to watch. Obviously, you know, if you can play, I recommend it. But it, to me, it's such a great game to watch. Uh, and it's it's phenomenal live. Phenomenal live. Um, that it just, I, I really, I, I just find it incredible. And there's action all over the place. There's much fewer teams. Like football, you, you get what? Like guys are standing around for like half the time with all the TV timeouts and everything that, that we deal with with football. It's not really... You know, there's not a whole lot of action in that three hour extravaganza you sit through every Sunday. There really is not a whole lot of action there. Um, I mean, you know, like think about it when you're when you're talking about. The NFL, what are they, you know, you, you watch Red Zone, right? Yes. The witching hour where wins become losses and losses become wins. And there's all this crazy action. It's like, yeah, you got a, a, a full half of like some back and forth and back and forth. But like this shit really doesn't like matter until the team's in the two minute drill at the end of the game. Like it's crazy like that. And so there's there's so much less action in a football game than there is in a hockey game, which is fast paced and, uh, you know, just amazing, uh, you know, and all right. And the fact that they do it all on skates. Hey, come on. Come on. I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah, it's you don't. Just, you, it's, you, it's, you don't want to help me understand. I well, it's because it's always been that way. So I don't. I see know. A I don't see it changing. I don't know. Again, I I don't know. I I'm not sure why. Huh. Well, I'll tell you what. You guys can uh, you can hit me up on Twitter at Roto Buzz Guy. Tag Adam in there at Adam Ronis, and you can uh, you can help me understand. I'm gonna end up having to do that. Maybe that's what I'll do. I'll just walk around. Uh, the FSGA in Cleveland and just be like, why don't you like hockey to like industry people? Cause I'm sure that there are industry people who are like, yeah, it just doesn't do it for me. It doesn't move the needle. And I need to find out why I'm coming for you. NHL. I want to help you. I really, really do. Cause these finals are, are yeah, they're, they're like a turd sandwich right now after what was a really fantastic playoff run uh, and, uh, and regular season. So I'll figure it out. Um, MLB. Oh, you want to cry about your Mets? You want to laugh about DeGrom? What do you want to do? What? No, first, of all, first of all, no one should laugh about DeGrom. Okay. I agree. Yeah. And look, as a Mets fan, I still root for him. I wanted him to do well. I don't blame him for taking the money. I do think he probably wanted to leave New York. I mean, there were some reports that he didn't give the Mets a chance to match. And I said at the time, I don't blame the Mets. They could not pay him based on his age and injury history. So I was not upset that the Mets didn't, you know, one of the few things they've done right, they shouldn't have paid him. Um, but I did want to see him pitch well. I only drafted him in one league. It was a draft champions league. And even at the time after the pick, I'm like, damn, this might have been a mistake. Um, but that team is actually doing very well. Uh, and I was thinking the other day, I was like, damn, if this team gets the ground back, it has a shot. Well, so it was late second round. I think that was the league. I had Acuna in round one and DeGrom in round two. So it's just unfortunate. I mean, you can't be that surprised. You knew if you drafted him, there was definitely risk of injury. Probably wasn't, you know, fully healthy last year. We saw when he came back, you know, he had a, a stretch where he was good. But then towards the end of the season, he wasn't. And even with that, he still was solid in the playoffs for the Mets, the one game they won. But, yeah, it just sucks. And, you know, Texas obviously has done very well without him. But still, they in the playoffs, you, you need a guy like that. So they might be able to survive the regular season. Uh, but, you know, in the playoffs, it could be uh, a problem. But they are 20 games above 500. That lineup is insane. They got Corey Seager back. He's been on fire. Mitch Garver who on Tuesday caught his fifth game. So depending on your league rules for catcher eligibility, he could be eligible at catcher soon, whether it's five or 10, if it's 20, uh, you probably not going to get there or it could take a while, but yeah, his team is rolling right now. So it just sucks. I was not happy to see the DeGrom news because even as a, a baseball fan, 
I don't see how you cannot like watching Tegron pitch. I mean, he in his prime and when he's healthy, he's dominated. He just mows everyone down. But when you throw that hard, you know you're a major risk for injury. You know, I would say he should. I don't know why he keeps throwing 99, 100, 101. You should dial it back. But <laughs> have you ever have you ever watched that slow motion action of of a pitcher like throwing? Yeah, yeah it's there. It does not look good on their arm. <laughs> <laughs> really? Like I get kind of like nauseous when you start looking at the elbow area and the amount of torque uh, that that you know that that happens when when they're delivering. It's like, oh my god, that's horrifying. Yeah, and as far as the Mets, at least fucking on Wednesday, Daniel Vogelbach's not in the lineup. I mean, come on, man. Fucking fifth on fucking Tuesday night. You're playing Atlanta. And, of course, what do you do? Fucking 0 for 4 with three strikeouts. And I knew it. I keep saying because you you on, on these sites, you can bet the next at bat. I mean, if you just bet a strikeout for him, you're going to fucking make money. I don't even know what the odds are. But, I mean, I can't stand seeing this guy. And, yes, the Mets have way bigger problems. No one is hitting right now. I mean, Lindor has been in a major slump. He did it a home run on Tuesday. Um, yeah, this this team is just fucking bad right now, man. I I don't even know what they can do at this point. They just got to – I said going into the year, they did not improve the offense. This is the same fucking offense from last year that flopped down the stretch. They didn't do anything to improve it. And then I don't know what Buck Schulter is doing with this lineup because, look, I'm not saying Vientos is a savior. But how can you judge a guy if he's fucking sitting every two days? You bring him up and you don't play him. Everyone, the whole point of bringing up prospects is we always say it, right? Well, if they brought him up, he's going to play every day. He's not. And he might suck. Maybe he's worse than Vogelbach. But you know what? I know Vogelbach sucks. I don't know about Vientos yet. Let him fucking play. Let these guys play. They all might suck. But I'd rather see them up there than Vogelbach because I know he's not good. He's got a higher OBP than slugging percentage. And then Buck's making excuses for him. Like, for what? Come on, man. You got to win games now. You're under 500. The fucking Marlins are better than the Mets. So, yeah, I'm sick of this shit. I don't really, uh, you know, it's kind of funny because we know uh, Vogelbach's ceiling. We know where he's at. We we know the exact type of hitter he is. We've seen him. There's a reason that he is a well-traveled uh, journeyman slugger who just, you know, who, who definitely, you know, if you, if you just look at the numbers, I mean, it's just, it's, it's bad. It's really bad. Um, but yet for some reason, a veteran manager like Buck Showalter, and you know, Buck's not the only one to do it. We see a lot of, uh, a lot of veteran managers do it uh, where they sit there and they, uh, and they, they'd rather just rely on the veteran because, you know, Hey, you know, I mean, he's, he, we, we've seen him do it in the show before. So there is the possibility of him doing it right now instead of waiting on Vietos. I guess Vietos is, I mean, he's he's under the Mendoza line batting right now, isn't Again, he? Again, how can you judge the guy when he's I'm not, I'm not I'm not judging him right now. What I'm saying is is just that's what his numbers are at the moment. That's all. I wasn't judging because I'm with you. I think that you got to give a kid, if you're going to bring a kid up, you got to bring him up to let him play. I hate bringing a kid up and letting him DH. I hate bringing a kid up and, uh, and, and sitting him every two games, three games, every one, every other game like that. I, I, I don't believe in that because why bother bringing him up? Then he's not learning anything. I also hate when you change a kid's position. Like I was psyched when Ellie De La Cruz came up and they put him at third and they just, you know, they're like, okay, we're going to, you know, let him, let him play third. We're not, you know, there's no reason to move Matt McClain off of, uh, off of shortstop and we're not going to move Jonathan India off of second base. So, you know, I mean, at least it's a position that Ellie De La Cruz is, you know, comfortable playing, you know, when you take some of these kids and you move them up and you're like, you know, like they, they did with Jordan Walker, they were like, all right, we're going to bring you up your third baseman by trade, but you know, you're going to go play the outfield. And then all of a sudden the kid starts thinking more about his defense than he is thinking about, you know, being relaxed at the plate. And, and we've seen that as a million time, you know, a, a million things. What I'm just saying here is like, you know, I, I get it. It's to me, it's like, what is the manager thinking in the sense of, I don't, you know, he can't say, I don't see enough to not give him regular at bats. When Vientos got called up, did he play 
multiple games in a row to start or no. did he was he in and out of that that lineup? I haven't looked at his game log. Right He's been in I'm going to check it out. Let me check He's it been out. In and out. The entire time since being called up. Yep. Um dun, dun, dun. Yeah. He is. All right. So he got called up May oh. 16th. He didn't even play. Wait, wait, wait. The Mets changed their lineup? I saw a lineup earlier today where Volkabach uh, wasn't in. I just oh, got so all of this shit is for naught? And I just got an alert. This can't be right. I just got an alert. That Vol- this can't be right. Is this like an old lineup? I mean, I just, I saw a lineup. No, I'm looking, I see an expected lineup. I don't see a, a, a new lineup. Well, I just get an alert that the lineup is... I hope this is a right. Nemo, McNeil, Lindor, Alonso, Beatty, Marte, Vogelbach, Kana, Alvarez. I saw a lineup earlier today that had um, Vientos in it and no Vogelbach and Marte hitting second. Because <laughs> they do have to – I mean, the Phillies did it in its work. They moved Trey Turner to fourth, and now all of a sudden he's hitting. They moved uh, Schwarber to leadoff, Castellano second. They shuffled things up. Um at least Turner's gotten going a little bit, but um, yeah, I guess, so I guess well, I, I cannot believe this fucking guy. Uh, yeah, here's the, the lineup tweet yeah. three minutes ago. Nimmo, McNeil, yep, yep, yep. Vogelbach, Canada, Alvarez. Oh my Buck God. Buck Showalter is a, uh, he's a stubborn motherfucker. Dude, it's costing them games right now. I mean, you can't, how do you put Vogelbach out there again? Guys, I, I, I don't know, man. So I'm, I'm going to bet for him to strike out every time he fucking comes up. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I mean, look, if he hits three home runs, good, do it. Shut me up. But, like, it's not happening. Yeah, no, I'm God, with man, you. This I'm is, with this, you. This team's a disaster right now, man. They're going to get swept <laughs> by the Pirates this weekend. They play the Yankees next week. I mean, this is... All right, man. Well, you know what? Let's let's talk about how about some happy thoughts about MLB. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about uh, potential waiver wire pickups. Let's talk about the kids who are up right now that we're starting to see. I'm tired of complaining about the fact that, you know, I, I can't pick up a prospect ahead of time in the FSGA league. So let's talk about the kids who are up now. Jordan Walker did get brought back up. Um, that I think that did that happen before you and I recorded the last time, or I don't even know, I don't remember. But Walker got brought back up, uh, and then all of a sudden, with Nick Senzel landing on the IL, uh, Ellie de la Cruz, who I heard on Sunday on MLB Network Radio, when asked when Ellie de la Cruz was going to be brought up, he was like, Well, he still has a lot to work on. And, you know, I want to talk, you know, and and he started citing a couple of different things, his plate discipline, uh, you know, some play in the field, uh, you know. And and so it didn't sound like anything was imminent. He also was like, yeah, I've got McLean and I've got, um, you know, India there and India is not going anywhere. I'm not trading him. Um, You know, Jose Barrero is uh, is still there and he's working the outfield now but he's an infielder by trade. So there wasn't anything imminent. And then boom, bam, Senzel lands on IL. Ellie De La Cruz comes up. Uh, He he draws two walks and and hits a double in his first three professional at-bats. The dude who uh, just last Saturday struck out all five times at AAA Louisville. (laughs) Like all of a sudden he like draws a couple of walks. He hits a double. Uh, like a ground out and a line out, a ground out and a strikeout for his uh, for his other two at bats. So um, exciting stuff there with him. Uh, do you have shares of Ellie De La Cruz? Has he been in you know in in all of your leagues? Is he, was he already owned by people? Yeah, I mean, I started writing about him in the Wave Wire article. I think two or three weeks ago, saying, "Hey, time to stash him now. He could be up soon." Um, he's rostered in a lot of leagues. I mean, he was drafted in my Tout Wars league. Uh, my home league, he was a minor league draft pick this year. I'm trying to think what other leagues. The GST league, he was already picked up. Now, he will be available in the NFBC this weekend. There's a lot of people who have already spent money. Um, so uh, people who have money left are definitely going to spend on them, especially since we have the rest of the week. Uh, you know, he got off to a slow start. April, he had 18 strikeouts, two walks in May. He had 32 strikeouts, 24 walks, and he was hitting just moonshots. Uh, he had a, a ball that he hit last night, 112 miles per hour, 
exit velocity. That was the highest by a red this year. Uh, he can clearly run. I'm I might play a stolen base prop for him. They're going up against Noah Syndergaard. Noah Syndergaard cannot hold runners on. So right. anytime Syndergaard's on the mound, I'm looking at stolen base props. So I did it with Wander Franco a couple weeks ago uh, when uh, the Rays played him. And I just, uh, I should have took three from that game. Um, so I might do, I'm probably looking at De La Cruz, Fraley, and India, uh, maybe McLean too. So I might, I might do two or three. Um, the problem is even De La Cruz, I think for a home run yesterday was like plus 350, like, cause they know everyone's excited and they're going to bet it. So they're going to just make his props not really valuable as far as that, but yeah, Syndergaard can't hold runners on, so I'm going to look at that. But, yeah, De La Cruz is going to be – I think he's rostered, though, in a lot of leagues already um, because, like, yeah, I've been, I've been writing about it on FantasyLearn.com. Hey, stash him. You know, he's going to get the call soon. Um, so, like, in those first-come-first-serve leagues, he's probably gone. Um, and, look, he comes up and he hits cleanup, like not wasting any time. It's a great hitter's park. And we know rookies can struggle, but McLean has been good. They called him up. He's been good. So – yeah, you got to go. Uh, you're going to have to spend money to get them. Oh, I mean, you're going to have to. I mean, this is this is one of those empty the fab wallet immediately kind of a thing. This was like to me. Because, you know, even I mean. I don't love Nick Senza. I, I you know, I, I thought he could very well be a post type sleeper on this team because. Um, because, you know, it was, it was a very low-key Reds team. Nobody had any expectations of them doing anything. Uh, the outfield, I mean, what's the outfield? It's Fraley, it's Friedel, and and, and Senzel was, uh, you know, was what they were looking at. I mean, obviously injuries and whatnot have changed everything up a little bit. But, you know, the question is, is if you're the, if you're the Reds, you know, is there any reason, I mean, uh, unless he – you know, immediately like starts, you know, I mean, what, like an O for 36 with, you know, 22 strikeouts. Like, I mean, I mean, how bad would it have to go in order to, to send him down? Because if you think he's here to stay, this is like when, uh, was it 2017 when Juan Soto was brought up and I, uh, you know, I was, I was cruising in NL labor. I was in first and I put the rest of my fab on Juan Soto. I was like, fuck it, man. This is a go for broke move and, and I'm doing it. And, and Soto absolutely killed it and helped me, uh, help me win, uh, labor. I feel like De La Cruz could be that kind of guy where you just, you just have to open up that fab wallet. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, he's 73% rostered in Yahoo right now. Um, so, yeah, I got to think in very competitive leagues where you are allowed to speculate and pick up prospects, he's gone. But I know he will be available in the NFBC this weekend. So um, I don't know if I'm going to have enough money to get him. I did spend on Royce Lewis in a league. So uh, I I would love to have him. But yeah, that's I'm kind of in that in that boat also with, you know, a couple of these a uh, couple of these kids who came up that, you know, I just. You know, that plus some injuries. And I don't I don't think I have enough money for him at all. I'll put you know, I'll put the bid on, uh, you know, like, you know, you have to just at least put something on oh, there. Yeah. But, you know, I'm looking, you know, at some other at some other issues that, that might need my, you know, more attention from me. You know, uh, the Reds, by the way, like a super exciting time. Andrew Abbott, uh, they brought him up and, and he looked he looked uh, rock solid on Monday. Um, for his first start. So, you know, I'm, I'm looking at teams. It's like, do I want to, you know, do I want to compete for Ellie De La Cruz or do I just try to want to, you know, do I want to lock in an Andrew Abbott? Like, you know, it's kind of funny that NL Central is so grotesquely wide open. Like we expect the Cardinals, like we all thought the Cardinals were going to win that division. We all expected the Pirates to to crumble and, and go back to being black. Um, Milwaukee has not been impressive at all. And, and then you've got the reds, like, you know, it's, it's crazy how that is. And now like you're looking at the reds and they're just keep bringing up the kids and, and they're just kind of, you know, every time one goes down with an injury, they, they always seem to have somebody else ready to go. Yeah. I mean, look, they're going to be a fun team at least for the next couple of years. I mean, they still have a uh, Christian and Carnacion strand down there as well. And he's starting uh -huh. to crush it. So 
they have some good prospects. Yeah, this division is just bad. I mean, I kind of we talked about it a couple weeks ago. Maybe it was time to bet the Cardinals, and they just can't seem to sustain anything. I mean, and that that pitching is a problem. And it, you know, kind of has been the last couple of years. They've been able to survive, but it's just not good right now. Um, and they're back in last place, eight and a half games back. They've lost five in a row, eight of their last ten, which is just embarrassing because. This is a winnable division. So, yeah, Reds, you know, came into play on Wednesday, five games out of first. Uh, I, I, they, they probably still don't have enough to win. Uh, they'll be an exciting team to watch. You know, no, they Lido- definitely don't have enough yeah, to win. Lodolo, yeah, Lodolo's still out, Green Dillian. That's the one thing about Abbott that I'd beware. I wouldn't go crazy bidding on him. What Reds pitcher do we see have success in that park, man? You know, as good as Hunter Green is, it's not great for fantasy, even Lodolo. So right. as good as those arms are, that park hurts. And Abbott did have home run issues in the minor leagues. And his first start, you know, he did walk some guys. Yeah, he only a lot of hit, but um, I wouldn't be spending a ton of money on him. Well, yeah, and again, I don't really have the, the ton of money. What what kind of a, a range are you looking at for for him? Are you thinking, you know, like if you were to if you were to throw Fab down, are you looking at like twelve to fifteen percent, fifteen to twenty percent? Yeah, um, more. I mean, a lot depends on team lead, how bad you need a pitcher for 10 to 12, man. I'm not going crazy. I'm not going to put a big bid on him because I just, I worry about that park. I just do. I mean, you know, every, everyone loved Hunter Green and Lodolo before the year and look at their numbers. It's just, it's not great. You know, yeah, the strikeouts there for Hunter Green, but wins and whip. So yeah, he, uh, he, triple A, he allowed 1.88 homers per nine this year. So it's already getting it's the weather seating up. It's a tough ballpark. So yeah, I'd be wearing his first start was against Milwaukee, right? Uh, yeah, the first start was against yeah, Milwaukee. And they suck against lefties. <laughs> yeah, terrible against lefties. Terrible, like thirty plus percent strikeout rate. Um, like a like a like a two forty weighted on base average. I mean, it was it was like an ideal. It was an ideal start for him. It really was. Yeah. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna you know end up with that, I don't know what his uh, what his next turn through the rotation is going to uh, is going to bring. I haven't looked ahead of the because uh, he's not going to face the Dodgers here. So it yeah, looks wherever like they play this weekend. What's that? Wherever they play this weekend, let me see. I'll look. Yeah, I'm going to it right now. I'm very curious to see how they match up. St. Louis. <laughs> in St. Louis. In St. Louis. Which, I mean, you, and righties, man, Goldie, Arenado. Arenado. Yeah, it could be, could be a little tough. I mean, again, that lineup, though, has been hit or miss this year. Yeah, Saturday morning. Dude, so hit or miss. Like, the Cardinals are, I mean, easily one of the most depressing things. I was actually, I was, I was starting to look up what the uh, the odds were for NL Central, and here you go. Cardinals are at plus 475 right now. Uh, Brewers are minus two fifteen. Cardinals plus four seventy five. Pirates are plus six fifty. Cubs are plus a thousand. Reds plus twenty five hundred. Um, <laughs> you know, it's it's like at, at some point I kind of wanna. I mean, I agree with you. The pitching needs to be fixed. You can't you can't be sending Adam Wainwright out there. I listen. I love Adam Wainwright. I think he is absolutely fantastic. Right. I mean, I think he is a great person, the big league impact charity that, that he runs is, uh, is outstanding. Uh, that time he called up the FSGA draft. Uh, he called up uh, Sirius XM, uh, to criticize the fact that everybody kind of let him, you know, drop and, and he, you know, called out and said he was going to have a great, like, I love all of that about Adam Wainwright. The only thing that I love about Adam Wainwright right now is betting the opposition on the first five inning run line, like when Adam Wainwright's starting, like I can't it to me, that's just, I mean, he is just not, he's, he's done 41 years old. I love you, but you know, it, it's time to hang it up. You know, there are certain pitchers that we're seeing Wainwright. You mentioned Cindergard earlier that, I mean, it just, to me, it makes no sense to be shuttling these guys out every five games. Uh, if you have even remotely a potential prospect to bring up. Yeah, they really they are struggling. I mean, they finally bring Libertor up. He hasn't been good. He got smacked around on Tuesday. Yeah, they just don't have the pitching, and the division is certainly winnable. 
I mean, I can't believe Milwaukee's minus 215, but I guess it's uh, an indictment how they don't believe in anyone else in this division. I think that's really what it is. is yeah. It's less about how Milwaukee is, you know, playing because they, they look like shit too. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I don't know when Woodruff's coming back, if he even is. Um, so that's someone that they need. Burns is not what he was the last couple of years. And offensively, it's been a struggle. So, yeah, I mean, they, they have a minus 20 run differential and they're in first place. Yeah. That is, uh, that is I mean, the central divisions in both uh, leagues is just brutal. I mean, the Twins are in first one game above 500. Then again, the White Sox now, all of a sudden, they've been playing better. They're only four and a half out at eight games under 500. Dude, you know what? The Guardians kind of woke up too. Their offense is horrible, though, man. I it's just, just it's a small ball. It's a small ball manufacturer run offense. There's no power in there, like worthwhile. It's bad. I mean, McKenzie came back and looked really good. I mean, for his first start back. Bieber, though, to me, is a guy I would absolutely look to trade right now if someone is buying that. Um, because he's a guy, look at his strikeout prop. If it remains five and a half, it's now five straight games he's been under it. He just can't strike anyone out, man. Us. Someone two weeks ago, this girl reached out to me. She's like, hey, I got this trade on the table, Bieber for Altuve. I really need a second base, and I'm like, do it. Yeah, trade Bieber for Altuve? This was like two weeks ago once Altuve came back. I know he's banged up Yeah, now. no, no, no. Like, I would I would definitely. I'm, I'm fine with that. You know, it's so funny. Somebody just uh, uh, sent me a message here. Well, let me ask you about this, this trade here. Um, he would be uh, – Trading away Corey Seager, no. Corbin Burns, and Blake <laughs> Snell. And he'd be acquiring Francisco Lindor, Nick Castellanos, and Shane Bieber. No. It was, wait, Seager? Seager, Burns, and Snell. Mm-hmm. For Lindor, Castellanos. And, Castellanos. Oh, man, I I hate trading Seager, man. Um, Snell is... He's hit or miss. I mean, he had a yeah. great run in the second half last year. Uh, I mean, it depends, I guess, if you need the bats more. I don't know, man. I, I look, Lindor is going to want to putting up decent homers and RBIs. I don't know how much he's going to run. The average isn't great. Castellanos obviously has turned it around. I've been playing his props lately, although he didn't come through for me on Tuesday. Um, only had three at bats because they fucking so I'm going five. right back to the well with him today on total bases. Yeah, I have no idea. He's, he's seeing the ball very well right now. Uh, uh-huh. He's crushing it. So, um, yeah, I have no problem with that. He's been hitting second. They, oh, yeah. Detroit. He's not, I mean, he's not he's not powering up the way you, you, you kind of hoped or wanted him to. But, I mean, you know, 35 RBI right now, seven home runs. I mean, listen, as long as – I mean, the, the 315 average, I, I don't necessarily – I don't think that holds – Right, I do. I'm I'm a huge Castellanos fan. I do like that. I feel like he is sac- he is adding batting average at the expense of power. Um, is kind of where I see him right now. The Lindor situation again. Yeah, that's that's kind of troublesome because I mean, what are you going to get from him for the rest of the season? Is you know, are you are you are you really legitimately going to get 25 more home runs uh, out of him or 20 home runs? Are you going to get another 10 home run? You know kind of a kind of a half and if he's not stealing the, very many bags and he's not hitting for a good average you know i believe everything that you said about shane bieber and getting rid of him i'd rather you know i'd rather keep burns and hope that burns turns everything around even more so if blake snell can have even you know partially good second half but yeah seager is the linchpin for me here um probably post career numbers i think I mean, yeah, I don't know how I mean, much he, the, uh, he had a great the, the missed year. time is gonna is gonna kill that, but no, uh, he didn't. Uh, probably not. Um, but he had 33 home runs last year. That was his career best. But yeah, I mean, he's been phenomenal this year. Um, JD Martinez is another guy. Um, I played his total bases on Tuesday. He is one of the hottest hitters in baseball right now. So, yeah. and Marcus Simeon too. 25 game hitting streak. So. Hit, so DraftKings, I think Prize Picks has it too. You can play hits plus runs plus RBIs. Uh huh. It's, it's one and a half for Simeon. He's gone over it in twenty five straight games. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I've been I've been hitting that you know hits plus runs plus RBI prop uh, a bunch too. 
Um, it just always seems like you know they're they're very in tune with. Uh, with I'm surprised that Simeon's was uh, was one and a half. I didn't even look because on a 25 game hit streak where I mean he's just he has been absolutely killing it. Like you know immediately jumps to two and a half. You know every time it I look at a player I don't, who's I don't know. been doing well. Yeah, I don't know why I saw it today. I played it one and a half. Um, so. Yeah, sometimes I think Castellanos might have been two and a half. I think on Tuesday, actually, I was like, "Oh, okay." Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's some of these guys are just consistently going over their props. I mean, if you parlayed Simeon to get a hit and Luis Arias to get a hit, you'd probably be making a lot of money. Oh, Arias, Jesus! And again, that's another one. You've been just been like cruising through on the props with him. He's four hundred one going into Wednesday, man. That nuts. You know, I, I want to see what his strikeout prop is too, because he—I I think his strikeout rate is like three point eight percent, is what I saw the other, uh, yesterday. I was looking; it's like three or four percent, which is absurd in today's game with all the guys coming in throwing heat. So I'm sure it's probably juice. It's probably under a half strikeout. It's probably like what minus two hundred. I would—I would probably parlay that with something like every day. He just doesn't strike out. Yeah, yeah. Where is it? Absolutely. Looking at now, I can't. I don't see it. Parlay it with a Tyler Anderson walk prop. That was every, yeah. That every was, five days. <laughs> yeah, it was one and a half. It was juiced up, and I didn't play it. But I, you know, that's uh, yeah. Because I was looking at that yesterday. I almost put that in, and I was like, ah, it's juiced up. But you know what, man? When those are juiced up, if you are that confident it's going to hit, just play it, man. Who cares? I mean, you yeah. hate paying that juice, but parlay it with something. Right. Well, that's the thing, man. I mean, that's kind of where I'm, you know, it's it's kind of funny because, you know, you go through like the cycles and, you know, you watch as the books tighten up and money lines and run lines right now are, are you know, for full games are, are you know, crazy with the uh, with how much juice you have to lay for, you know, a lot of the action. And now all of a sudden now you see it now that everybody's drifted over to the first five innings. And so now all of a sudden it's like now all of a sudden you look at the the first five innings and you're seeing uh, more one and a halfs instead of half runs uh, on the run lines and you're seeing it, it, it tighten up and the, there's a lot more juice playing those first five innings. Dude, you want to guess what the juice is on Luis Arias under a half strikeout? What's your guess? Under a half strikeout yeah. is probably like minus 160. Minus 280. <laughs> like yeah, i mean just, at that well, well, at what point do you even bet that like you know like really like that to me is like you know why why even you know why even you know think about that like I, i'm sure there are some people who would be like i mean maybe if you want to parlay that uh with, with something you know how many times he struck out this year though in 212 at bats four eleven <laughs> So he struck out four times in April, five times in May, and once in June. So he's basically hitting this all the time. And he's going against Jordan Lyles on Wednesday. Oh, I know. That's always the best, right? Every time you got Jordan Lyles. I have um, – what did I, I – I, I bet that today. I bet the uh, – I bet Luis Arise on the uh, on the, the total bases prop uh, going – over one and a half. What did I get that at? I got that at um, yeah, over one and a half total base. I got it for minus one ten on BetMGM this morning. Wow. Okay. He's had multiple hits in six of his last eight. Actually, no, seven of his last nine games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was surprised that there wasn't any. You know, there wasn't more juice on that. It always, uh, of course, it always makes me fucking nervous too. Right? Yeah. <laughs> when all of a sudden so. it's like mm -hmm. it, it doesn't happen with that. I also took the Marlins first five innings. Uh, you know, minus a half a run on the run line. Um, you know, going up against Jordan Lyles. I love picking on Jordan Lyles. It's uh it's 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 almost as nice as picking on. I was so focused on picking on Noah Syndergaard today. Oh yeah, he sucks. Like, I mean, it's it's you know, I'm 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 trying to I'm trying to find some more targets for myself, at least before the books like totally catch up on it. But I mean, you know, even the even the props on uh you know, even the the stuff for the Reds today was all uh, juiced up because of Syndergaard. McLean over one and a half hits, runs RBI, still minus one thirty-five. Right, Reds team total over four and a half. Now, mind you, Syndergaard in six of his last seven starts has allowed at least four runs. Wait, the Reds team total is four and a half. 
Four and a half was so minus that means the Dodgers is the Dodgers is six and a half then. Because um, yeah, wow, yeah, yeah, because yeah. yeah, the total is eleven and a half. Wow, okay. I mean, yeah, they're going, going up against, up against Williamson, Williams. the lefty. Yeah, lefty, the ballpark. Yeah, it's the Dodgers are a minus one sixty favorite with Syndergaard on the mound. That's. <laughs> I hear the frustration in your voice. I love it. You know, DraftKings has a good promo that started yesterday. You bet the money line, and if your team is up at two two runs or more at any point, you automatically cash. So I did it with the Cubs, and then they had an early 2 nothing lead, so I cashed it at even money. So I'm trying to figure out who to bet today. I mean, obviously, you want to try and get it. I mean, I prefer plus money because just because they're an underdog, you know, you could go up 2 nothing at any point. So um, I'm trying to figure out who to – Put that on for uh, for Wednesday. I don't know. I don't know. Um, all right, let's uh, let's keep going because I got to. Uh, I just want to wrap up a couple of waiver wire thoughts with you uh, before I get to uh, go step onto the uh, the Better Sports Network sports betting show with Dan Servadidio, the host. I get to uh, go hang out with him over there. I think uh, Justin Fetzman is going to be joining us. Uh, if you guys don't know. Uh, Better Sports uh, Betting Show, Monday through Friday, 4 p.m. Eastern, uh, hosted by Dan Servadidio. And I uh, I joined him a couple of days a week to uh, to just kind of throw down some stuff there. So uh, if you don't have uh, the Better Sports Network app, just go to bettersports.com and, uh, and get it. It's a free app, and you can catch that show. You can also watch these shows. I'll secretly say it here. Uh, you can also watch them on uh, on YouTube. You know, we we broadcast them through Fantasy Alarms YouTube, uh, as well as the Better Sports Network on uh, on YouTube. So uh, go check it out over there, and uh, and and uh, you know, hit that for uh, for your daily uh, best bets. For uh, those fishing on the waiver wire this week, Adam, uh, you know your article. You just had an article that came out. Uh, players to uh, players to basically sit and watch for the week, and uh, and take a look at if you can. Pick up guys during the week. These are obviously some great names. Uh, we talked already about Andrew Abbott. Looking at the pitching, um, AJ Smith Shaver. Uh, he's getting the start. I think he's is he getting the start Friday this Friday um, against the Nationals. He'll be uh, he'll be up to do that. Um, did throw seven innings his last time out. Um, in the minors, and so they've been trying to work him uh, work his way up. I mean, I figure if he gets five innings against the Nats on Friday, that might be pretty good. Although the Nats are, you know, turning themselves around a little bit, not re- not enough to worry about, but nevertheless, uh, you got faith in him and Smith Shaver. Uh, you also have Hayden Wesneski uh, listed here for uh, starting pitching. You like the th- all three, one of the three, who, who do you like the best out of that group? Smith Shaver. I know he's a young kid and he started the year in high A. But between high double A and triple A, a 1.09 ERA, 0.94 whip, 45 strikeouts, 12 walks, and 33 innings. Uh, he's only 20 years old. He did pitch Sunday against the Diamondbacks or relief, two and a third scoreless innings with a walk and three strikeouts. So, you know, hey, this is a for an organization that brought up Strider. I'm not saying he's Strider, but I would definitely uh, take a chance on him. Um, and the Braves kind of need him right now. Uh, with Max Freed and Kyle Wright still out. Uh, Soroka wasn't good. Uh, they gave him two opportunities and sent them down to the minor leagues. So uh, him, Wesneski did pitch on Tuesday, uh, was okay, a couple unearned runs, but um, we saw him have a good spring, got off to a slow start, a couple bad outings, like the first two outings of the season made his numbers appear worse, adjusting steals on the I.L., but uh, I would look at Smith Chauver. He's another guy too. Yeah, that uh, I think. Wait, was he available in the NFPC over the weekend? I forgot because he pitched Sunday. But it's like I guess when they put him to the roster, I forgot if he was available or not. But yeah, yeah, I feel like they put him onto the roster. I think on like Friday. Yeah, if he was, and cold. and then the question was, were they just going to use him out of the bullpen? Were they going to use him to yeah, spot I'd, start at all? I had put him in the previous article saying, hey, he's probably going to be in the bullpen, but he could work his way in a rotation if you have room to stash him. Now's the time to do it. I didn't do it myself in my leagues um, because, again, I I didn't know how long it would take for him to get into the rotation. Uh, But obviously he's getting the um, 
the chance now to to get in the rotation. Oh, he he is available. He is available. My my, uh, great fantasy baseball invitational. I want to go see if he's available. Damn man, people are gonna have no money left (laughs) after this weekend. (laughs) I mean, if you, I don't know in my leagues. I look at the fab. Like, okay, my NFBC main event. I'll look at the the amount of fab people have left. Um, Oh my, yeah. There's only three teams that have more than five hundred. And the bot the bottom teams, $20, 55, 89, 105, 240, 254. I have 297. Uh, I ain't getting Dale Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> you are not Dale. getting Dale Cruz. No chance. Shit. Uh, I bet yeah. I hope Bryce Lewis is good. He is back in the lineup at least on Wednesday after that collision. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Smith Charver's available. So he was not available last week then. Damn, bro. This weekend in the NFBC and TGFBI, Smith, Shaver, Abbott, De La Cruz. Oh, man. No, there's going to be no money left. It's going to be crazy. I, you know, I always, it's always so funny. I bet I, I, I look through for like my great fantasy baseball invitational and I, and I look at the fab budgets that everybody has left. And, you know, you see who's got like, oh, you know, the, the money, you know, who's, who's going to be the uh, making that big play for, um, you know, uh, you know, full bankroll here for uh, for for one team. They're in 14th place. I do not see that uh, happening as well. Uh, unfortunately, in sixth place in in my league, Eric Carabell, um, sitting on nine hundred and twenty six dollars of his thousand dollar budget still. Sixth place, only. Well, this is the week. Twenty six points out of uh out of first place. Oh, you I, know I'm what? in second. TGFBI for me, there's a team with a thousand. Okay. I don't know where you fucking been. Uh then there's 693 and me at 563. Fuck it. I ha- I have to go all in because my team is not good right now. Let me see. You know, you say that, but you got to look at the standings. Uh okay, I'm in 10th. 83, 93, 33 out of first. Is it that bad? I mean, no. I mean, look, I have 362 in runs, and then there's 366, 368, 368, 369. So you could pick up five points there. Wins are tight. Eh, it's, it's not over. I mean, home runs, I could pick. I have 98, then there's 99, 101, 102, 104. I get De La Cruz, and he turns into Juan Soto. It's over. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's definitely true. It'll be very interesting to see what I'm happens. Dead last I'm, I'm looking at my leagues. Why, I just, I, you know, in comparison to the other teams that are around me in the standings, I don't, uh, I don't have the the budget to to grab them. So uh, I'm gonna be, uh, I'm gonna be patchworking it the rest of the way here, uh, and and see what happens. Any hitters uh, besides? I mean, let's see. We've got the kids. You know, obviously Ellie De La Cruz if he's if he's available. Uh, you know, to do that, you've got some interesting names on your uh, in your article. Uh, you know, Jock Peterson, if you're just looking for some power, Mitch Garver, uh, you know, if he can uh, if he can pick up that catcher eligibility now, like Adam said, he's got five games. Uh, Urias from Milwaukee is a middle infielder. Ugh. Donaldson. Um, what about Will Brennan, outfielder? Yes. Um, I picked, him, I picked him up last week in the NFBC main event and my home league, and he was three for four last night. He's getting the consistent playing time. Um so, yeah, I mean, they need him. He's got a little pop, a little speed. He might, you know, he might cool off at some point. And the other guy, too, is Derek Call. He's on a rehab assignment. Could be up. He's eligible to be activated, but I think they're giving him some more games down there. We know he can hit for power. Um, he'll sit against lefties, but um, he's a guy that can help in power. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing, people, and, and definitely, I mean, listen, obviously, you you know this. I'm not telling you anything new, but – you know, you always set those bids for those those big time guys just on the off chance. Like it's never gonna, you know. I mean, it's not gonna happen. But you know, is it on the off chance that you know people just you know there's a huge internet outage and nobody can make their pickups? Who knows? Um, but always, you know, when you're when you're layering in these contingency picks, I love some of these plays for you uh, here. I mean, Garver, I think, is a very smart play, especially with the way. That, that things are, I mean, man, DHing between him and, and Jonah Heim uh, would be a, a very interesting, you know, little catching tandem uh, on a, on a powerful team. Uh, but I love the Will Brennan call and I love the Derek Hall mention here as well. So, you know who else you might have to start looking at? And I can't believe I'm saying this. He's hitting. Oh, don't do it. Who am I going to say? 
no, he, no, no, no. He's hitting cleanup on Wednesday. He's hitting cleanup on Wednesday. A, former, me, uh, a former Yankee and Mets. Oh, yeah, dude, that, you know, I mean, that's like the grimiest thing. I can't right? believe Gary Sanchez yeah, is, is batting cleanup for the Padres today. Dude, oh, my and God. I, look, I, look, I've gotten shit wrong, but I said this before the year. I couldn't believe how many people were picking the Padres to win the division. Their, top, their lineup is top four, and that's it. And those guys aren't – I mean, Soto's turned it around. Tatis has been good. Machado's been bad. And – Bogarts, I didn't like going to the yard. I know he's banged up with a bad rip. They have a lot of – they're like the Mets, bro. They got dead weight going forward. Cronenworth is not as uh-huh. good as he was. Carpenter, Kim, this team is not good, bro. Their lineup is so top-heavy. So I didn't understand why everyone loved the Padres this year. Um, Because you have Tatis, Soto, and Machado. Like, I, I mean, get that's it. That's just fine. The- but, like, after that, yeah. they don't have much. No, listen, I've said it. I've said it before. The top heavy lineups don't work. You need you need consistency through there. Do you know why the Rangers have like you know the best offense right now? Yeah. It's because they're one through they're one through four hitters are great, but it's five, six, and seven that are producing right now. And when that happens, I mean Josh Young and and Jonah Heim have been phenomenal in the five and six. Even Leody Tavares has given them something this year. It's crazy. I was talking to a uh, to a, a, a diehard Texas Rangers fan yesterday, and he was just totally over the moon with the whole thing. I mean, he's just you know, and and the funny thing is, is you know, he's like uh, you know, he loves to play. You know, he, he does the best ball, and he does like you know all the underdog tournaments and the FFPC tournaments and uh, and whatever. And he was laughing yesterday. He's like. He's like, you know, you. he's like the, the, I don't have, he says, I don't have an affiliation or, or strong lean towards any NFL team. And that helps me in my drafts. He's like, my biggest problem with baseball, fantasy baseball, and why I had to stop playing was because I'm too much of a homer for the Texas Rangers. He's like, but all of a sudden now he's like eight out of my 10 best ball teams right now are, are cashing. Uh, and 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 substantial lead here. He's like he's like because I have like all Texas Rangers, like a mix of like other you know high end and and talent around See, there. But that, I mean, he's like his. That's never what? been a problem for me. I, I don't know because I didn't do the math, but I'm gonna guess the team that I probably have the most players from this year is the Atlanta Braves. I mm-hmm. I have I have Acuna on several teams. I have Olsen on several teams. Riley Sean Murphy on multiple teams. Eddie Rosario. I know I picked up in Tout Wars in my main event, Ozzy Albies I have. I picked up Azuna. I have Orlando Arcia. The only guy that I don't have right now in that starting lineup is Michael Harris, who I thought was a bust in round three, and he's been terrible. I have Charlie Morton. I have uh, no Freed this year. I do like him. I did have Kyle Wright and Juan Rossell Iglesias. I don't have a lot of Mets. I have no Nimmo, no McNeil. I have Lindor in a couple. Alonso in my keeper league. Beatty in my keeper league. No Marte. Fuck Vogelbach. I would never put him on my team. <laughs> no no Kana. No Francisco Alvarez. No Scherzer. No Verlander. Holy shit. I, I got Robertson. But yeah, I don't have a lot of Mets because I knew they suck. Yeah, I'm heaviest with Braves and Dodgers also if you, uh, if you, if you kind of go through the whole thing and uh, scope out where you've got the the most. I'm, I'm probably some cardinal, a little too many cardinals too. I'm just upset. I only have one JD Martinez again. So no, I I fucked up with Syndergaard because I always say this: if the Dodgers pick you up, I'm interested, man. If they see something, so when they, you know, had Martinez, I'm like, wow, and he was cheap. I mean, I understand he does hurt your flexibility because he's only eligible at DH, and I do run into that problem sometimes. Um, in the league, I have them. I have them in the FSGA, but that team's doing well. And Syndergaard, I said, all right, I'll take a chance late in the draft. But I quickly realized, uh, yeah, they fucked up. Oh, see, for me, like, you know, I, I get that. Like, as far as, like, if the Dodgers do that. When the Tampa Bay Tampa, Rays yes. pick up a pitcher. Yeah, Eflin, they had a pitcher. I always liked. Uh, Eflin was a guy I always liked, so I drafted him. He's been phenomenal. We saw what they did with Rasmussen. Glass yep. now, Springs. No, definitely. Yeah, it's the, those are the two teams, the Rays and the Dodgers. Yeah. I mean, Luke, you know, here's another guy. I don't know what his roster ship is, but Luke Rayleigh, he doesn't play every day. But um, with Brandon Lau, 
getting hurt. Maybe he sees more time. He's hitting cleanup. He, uh, you know, he's going to sit against the lefties, but Luke Rayleigh has had another good year. Um, yeah. And uh, I'm just Josh Lowe is a guy that I drafted in draft champions. I liked his price because he was cheap. I just regret not going in on him more in redraft leagues. I did get him as a free agent in labor, but that guy, man, like that's the perfect guy that you draft a guy that has talent that came up to the major leagues. Didn't look good his first go around, but you get him cheap. Cause again, if it doesn't work out, okay, easy cut. If it does work out, you're, you're getting a, a, a major contributor this year. I mean, look at this dude could be dude could be 330 30. If you want to talk ceiling. I mean, it's insane. Wander Franco or Rosarena. Rosarena, I was on a lot of leagues. Franco, I was off. We both were. We admitted we fucked up. Paredes, yep, yep. Paredes I drafted in a couple leagues. Taylor Walls, I picked up. Siri, I like a lot. I keep saying he's he's like 20% rostered at Yahoo. Like, I don't understand. I get it. I understand. <laughs> now you didn't put him in the article. Because I put him in like every week, and I'm tired of it. I know, Last but week. I told you. You had to put him in the article and just say – because he, you fucking need to pick him up. I did write it. Well, the last time I put him in, I think it was Saturdays. And I go, well, at least you guys increased his roster ship 10% because it went from like 10 to 20% on Yahoo in a week. <laughs> I know he doesn't play every day. It's the And he hits ninth. Today he's hitting seventh. It's the Rays lineup. It doesn't matter where these guys hit. And yes, his average is not great. But he's got 11 home runs and he's the steals could come. He's high in sprint speed. Ray, Rays are unbelievable, man. I'm going to become a Rays fan, I think. Oh, there Just it is. Just kidding. I always stick with the Mets because I, I – He's not kidding. He's not kidding, people. I'm you know what? Man. Look, look. Actually, you know what? You know what? We're just going to end the show no, right here quick, on I that note go right now. Quick. That's look, it. Adam Adam Ronis. No, no, stop. Not a I Mets fan anymore. Not insane. that. Rays. Don't fucking put words in my mouth. I might not be married, but I'm a very loyal person. So when I do find that one, I will be very loyal. <laughs> I stick with my teams. Now you can end it. Well, we'll see what happens here, people, because it kind of sounds a little shifty, shady to me. Ah, let's go Mets. Yeah, right, right. You know, you didn't even—I didn't even hear any heart in that. You know, there was no heart when you just said that. You'll see, so you'll see me at City Field in a couple weeks. I'll be back. I'm a sucker. Adam Rodas is dead inside now, people. That's it. It's over for him. His Mets love is gone. He's a Tampa Rays fan. Go Rays! I'll buy you a Josh Lowe jersey at the end of the season, Adam. Rosarena. <laughs> Rosarena. Like oh, all right. I'll get you the Rosarena jersey. No problem. No problem. All right. Now we do have to get cut cut out of, out of here. I've got the, the betting show. I got to go do. Adam's got a bunch of shit to do. We got shit to do. But we thank you all for liking and subscribing and, uh, and always giving us a, a listen here. As always, if you've got any questions, thoughts, commentary at RotoBuzzGuy on Twitter, at Adam Ronis on Twitter, you can email me at Howard at FantasyAlarm.com. Uh, you know, and just uh, you know, check in with us. If uh, there's more that you want to hear, give us a give us a shout. We'll definitely uh, pay attention to that. Uh, in the meantime, that's going to do it for us here today. Uh, for Adam Ronis, I'm Howard Benner. This has been Cash It. And we'll catch you next time.